0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 140 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and today I am also the guest. And I got to be honest, it's a little bit scary. I haven't been on this side that much. Is this what my guests feel like? Cold sweats? God, I'm freezing here. Um, Hello. This is a bonus episode that I'm going to throw in. And actually for the next four Saturdays, I have an extra bonus episode. Off air on the Quickie Podcast, I have a lot of conversations with designers about print. And through my Instagram and talking about print, I field a lot of questions about print. And I've actually connected with a number of designers Um, you know, just one-on-one in the evenings about print and print design and, you know, helping people understand it a little bit better and where to start. So I thought, you know what, let's put it out there for everybody, um, on how to do that. Maybe there's some useful information that you guys can pull from this episode and, uh, I'm sort of going in the order of operations for a print process, so this episode, the first bonus, will be sort of the introduction to, to print, the, the why print, how, to, how consumers interact with print, um, you know, trends in printing and, you know, is it still valid? Um, talk a little bit about my years and what print has done in my years involved in printing and how consumers subconsciously make decisions and how to build trust with print and all of the good stuff that educate you as the designer which allows you to take that information, tell your customer about it, educate them on why you are making these decisions or why you're recommending that they also print along with this campaign and things like that. Yeah, so we'll get into a little bit of different types of printing, possible applications for each. Um, And a question I get a lot is how do I find a printer? So I've got some gems on how you can find a local printer in your area. And um, right in the end, we'll get into how you request a quote from printers and what information is needed there. I'm, I'm absolutely going to give myself the intro music. So uh, I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. I'm your guest, Dave Hopkins. And here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? All right, all right. So, printing. Frick, I love printing. Holding a tangible printed piece in your hand, holding beautiful packaging in your hand, seeing it on the shelf, like it all just gets me excited. I can't be the only person going around the grocery store, looking at packaging, picking it up, turning it around, you know, feeling it, interacting with it, you know, the way that it's meant to be interacted with. Most of the time, I make a buying decision based on that. I'll buy that product. Recently, a rice cracker brand, I buy rice crackers. I don't know what that says about me, but I buy rice crackers. And recently, one of the main brands I buy changed from doing the traditional craft, you know, cheap food packaging box. It's like a brown kind of board. It's not very strong. It feels really cheap and dingy in your hand to a nice bright white coated one side stock. What a difference on the shelf. They just stand out dramatically. The colors are brighter. The whites are whiter. It just stands out. And I can't also be the only one that gets direct mail and I smell it. Yeah, I'm not lying. I smell the direct mail. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but that's okay. I can tell a lot, just my years in print, I can tell a lot from smelling the mail. Get a handful of direct mail postcards or something like that and, mm, yeah, you can tell. Printed UV, printed offset, conventional ink, you can tell, is is there a gloss? What's so special about this piece? Why are they doing this piece? What could they have done better? I analyzed the mail. And maybe you might be thinking, well, but Dave, you know, most people are ordering products online and, you know, packaging in store and print in store isn't as important anymore. Well, not really, because I've had a number of people tell me about recent interactions they've had by ordering a product through e-commerce, online, through Amazon, or through a website directly. And when they receive that package, inside is a printed piece really nice packaging, or a printed brand booklet or brochure, something that connects them even further with that brand. Immediately, you gain more brand trust. Immediately, you're interacting with that brand on a deeper level in a way that you just never could have online. Print is still so valid today. There's so many different ways that we could use it. Some recent, guests in, um, some recent guests on the Quickie Podcast definitely gave print a big shout out. There's a, been a bunch of them, but specifically, I've got episode 95, um, Nathan Royce from R&R Partners. Uh, he, tell, he told us about his time at Facebook and how he was introduced with the Facebook Analog Lab, where they have a print studio at Facebook, like one of the largest tech and online companies around, an analog lab. Then I think of episode 117 with Dan Jansen from Lincoln Design Co. Not only are they printing a bunch of merch from stickers to badges and pins and all sorts of things like that, but during that episode, Dan told us about the Lincoln Design logo book that they're working on, which covers a pile of the logos that they have done over the years at Lincoln Design. I think about episode 119 with Matthew Clark from Subplot Design. They do a lot of print and packaging over at Subplot, but one thing that they do really well is stamp design. Printed stamps for Canada Post. Still need stamps. I think about episode 132 with Austin Dunbar from Durham Branding Co. And one line he said that really is going to stick with me for a long time. And it was, as long as design is alive, print will be relevant. I then also think about episode 130 with Zach Newton from Newton Design Co. He is a lead designer at Hallmark Greeting Cards. Hallmark, they're printing cards all the time. He's dealing with printers every single day. The other one that I think of too is uh, episode 122 with Ben Crick, who is the creative director at Collins. And he was tell- telling... He was talking about print and how it's still so important to designers. And the reason he felt it would be relevant and is going to be important for a long time is because print is like little bits of art. People collect print. People collect really nice packaging. It's around and it gets attention. And print, again, is just another way to connect with a brand on a deeper level. If brands are doing print and online and weaving the two in seamlessly together, you are wrapped up in that brand experience, and that's awesome. So talking about interacting with print, there's the traditional print media where there's folders and direct mail and booklets and things like that. We interact with them on a daily basis. Brochures, all those basic print things we interact with on a daily basis. When it comes to packaging, that is where you can really create some unique experiences from shelf appeal that wins a sale to unboxing experiences that end up on YouTube because they're so extravagant, because they're so cool and unique. Don't underestimate the importance of packaging. Now, in this digital age where Instagram is the thing, YouTube is the thing, everything's online print is being more and more sought after. Having been in the print industry for nearly 17 years now in a bunch of different levels of it, I've seen it evolve. A lot of businesses used to print one giant catalog and just have it full of all of their products, all their product numbers, and it was just kind of boring print. That, thankfully, has sort of slid back and is not happening as much. What is happening, though, is those brands are creating printed experiences or lookbooks, beautiful brand print pieces that showcase what that brand is about, that brand story, beautiful photography for their products. And that is a piece that gets consumers interacting with it. That's cool to hang on to. That's cool to show people, show friends, show family, whether it's fireplaces or furniture like Ikea does with their catalog. Ikea could have just done what they did on their website and listed, you know, here's pictures of the furniture, here's the item numbers, yep, go into the store and find it. But no, they created imagery so that you could look at this and see how this furniture could fit into your life. How could this furniture fit into your home? What sort of vibe and feel do you want for your home? And that's what that Ikea catalog is about showing you what's possible with it, not showing you just the furniture, but what you could do with that furniture. You could say that brands are now focusing on more bespoke pieces. Bespoke pieces? People don't even know what that means, but it's provocative. Guess the people going. You know, not 40,000 basic boring catalogs that go out to all of their customers and they hope to get sales from. No, well-crafted brand books. Brand experiences, smaller runs, used for more focused sales tools. That is what is happening more and more. Also in the print industry, packaging is still so relevant and so important in developing a brand feel, a brand look, or a consumer's reaction with that printed packaging. One trend that I know you are all aware of is plastic is going away. So more and more customers who have plastic product trays are coming to printers who specialize in packaging and engineering paperboard trays and saying, I still need something to hold my product within this box, but I can't have this plastic tray anymore. I'm getting rid of plastic. So we're engineering trays out of paperboard, recycled board products. So we're manufacturing trays to hold the product out of recycled paperboard products to, be, to make the packaging more eco-friendly. And that is happening more and more and becoming more and more important. As consumers, we subconsciously make decisions and come to conclusions about brands based on print and packaging. Imagine this scenario, and this is going to be a really small example And it spreads across whether it's a brand book or packaging or whatever it is. Imagine you print your business card on your home printer on the heaviest weight of paper that your home printer can run, which will not be that heavy. Then you hand cut it out yourself. The edges aren't entirely straight, but it's pretty damn close. Card might look a little bit crooked. And that's what you're handing out to represent you and your brand. Now contrast that with like a nice letterpress printed business card. Really thick. It's got lots of texture. It feels substantial. It definitely costs more, 100%. There's no question there. But what it does is it creates a perception in the person's mind who's receiving that. And that comparison from, you know, cheap, flimsy, doesn't feel or look quite great over to the letterpress, feels awesome, lots of texture, feels luxurious. That happens on a daily basis visually with your packaging in store, tangibly in your hand with booklets and packaging and stuff that even that you order with e-commerce that you receive in your hand. You open up the box, it's usually a brown, boring shipping box, and if it's Amazon, it's much larger than it needs to be, sometimes, just saying. Um... You open it up, and if your product is just sitting there, not nicely packaged, not nicely boxed, it's a little bit of like a, hmm, bummer. That experience could be enhanced so easily. I'll give you another great example. My family recently traveled to Ireland and Scotland for three weeks. Our first big family vacation, and we are an Apple family. We are iPads, we are iPhones, we are Macs and MacBooks and all that. Um, But my kids are young. I didn't want to spend $350, $400 each on iPad minis for my three kids. They're just not ready for that. They don't have their own phones. They're just too young. But as a parent, I definitely saw the benefits of them having some sort of screen for entertainment on long car rides, long flights. So I needed to do something. So I went online and I got them the entry-level um, Amazon Fire tablet. It was like a little seven-inch tablet. They were like $55, $60 bucks each for a tablet. For what they were needing it for and doing with it, more than enough. It plays YouTube videos. It uh, allows them to play, you know, basic games, which is what they would do with that. Perfect. So I ordered three of those. When the box arrived, I opened it up. And the box that those tablets came in was sort of this tapered box at a flat bottom, kind of tapered to the top. The tablet like moved around and wobbled around inside. It was just kind of put in there. Um, No nice tray, not nested in. There was no experience to unboxing that. And that's what I expected from what I paid for the product. I knew it was cheap. I had very low expectations of that packaging. Now contrast that with an iPad. And if you've had the opportunity to open up any Apple packaging, whether it be the new MacBook um, laptops, an iPhone, an iPad, unboxing those products is an experience in itself. Now that aligns with the dollar you spend on that product. Imagine you paid a thousand bucks for the top of the line iPad Pro, beautiful iPad. And it arrives to you in the same kind of box that the Amazon Fire tablet arrives in. What a letdown. But that's not what happens. So there you go again, another example of the importance of packaging and print and paying attention to what is the brand messaging? What is the product? What's the price point of the product? And it needs to feel that all of those align. And decisions you make in the print process from the right paper selection to the right print selection, specialty finish selection, all will help with brand messaging. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about types of print. These are sort of the main types of print that are out there. There is more for sure, um, but these are sort of the main, the bulk of them um, that most people talk about, most people use. Um, Offset, lithography classic. The old school, not as old as letterpress, but the tried and true. You've got a plate, you've got a blanket, which accepts the inked image using that plate. Then in between the blanket and what's called the impression cylinder, the sheet runs through. Squish, that image is now on the sheet. You can get really fine details, really defined, beautiful images. You can do a lot of cool stuff with offset. It's awesome. It can also be quite pricey because when you're creating it, you're making plates. Plates can be costly. There's a lot of pieces involved to manufacturing offset. It is one of the most common types of print that's out there. It's available with, you know, conventional inks that, you know, cl- take time to dry. Then there's also UV inks which are instant cure, and you can do a lot of fun things with both of them used for packaging, used for traditional print media, booklets, brochures, business cards, all that kind of stuff. So next, I want to briefly touch on digital printing. Digital is typically a toner-based print. You know, some of them are inkjet as well. Some of them are closer to representing offset than traditional sort of toner and applied directly to a sheet. Some of them actually have blankets and are very similar to offset. But digital is typically used for short runs, quick turnarounds, and also sometimes pieces with lots of variable data. So when you have different names going on to something, you have 100 copies of invitations and each one gets its own unique name, digital is the sweet spot for that. And I also want to mention about digital that it's typically CMYK and that's what you're dealing with. There are some digital machines out there that have Pantone toners available or specialty spot colors available. Some of them even have textured coatings and things available, but it's very rare. Most of them are just CMYK or maybe six color process. Now with digital, you're sometimes limited by thickness of substrate. You're also often limited by sheet size because you're not gonna get you know, 28 inches by 48 inches or a little bit larger like you can get in offset. You're typically limited to sort of the 12 by 18 kind of realm there. So that's Digital's sweet spot. There's very little setup cost with Digital and from a lot of print stuff that's short run and smaller, you can get some great prices digital. Next, there is flexography, flexo. It is mainly used for your corrugated printing, direct-to-corrugated printing, so, you know, larger media stuff, but also roll-to-roll media, which is your labels, you know, think breweries and distilleries, those roll labels, food packaging labels, all that sort of stuff, roll labels, roll media. The other place where flexography does really well is shrink sleeves, you know, creating plastic mediums and printing on plastic mediums. It's a very flexible, no pun intended, style of print with a lot of medias available to produce on. So that's Flexo. Again, with Flexo though, just like Offset, you're creating plates in one plate for every single color that's involved in your print piece. And at times the setup in that could be a little bit costly. Letterpress. Good old letterpress. I don't really need to talk too much about letterpress because letterpress has made a huge resurgence in the last 15 years and everybody knows about it. It's super popular. You create a plate again or a quote-unquote plate. The ink is applied to that plate, pressed onto and technically kind of into the stock or the media that you are using. One sheet at a time. It's cool to watch. It's cool to do. Letterpress is awesome. It was the original printing, original, original, way back. Next is screen printing. Screen printing is most commonly used for your apparel, your shirts, your sweaters, your hats. Um, You know, but it's also used a lot with posters and creating really cool posters. Screen printing and designing for screen print is really cool and really unique in itself. It allows you to overlap layers, create different effects, and all using one color at a time. No CMYK buildup in line or anything like that. It's one color, there's a screen for that color, squeegee it on through the screen, and uh, you can create some really cool stuff. Again, I'm just sort of giving you a brief sort of definition on what these different types of print are and where they could be used, most, or where they're most commonly used. There's plenty of other uses for these types of printing, just sort of briefly describing them. So the next one I want to talk about briefly is rotogravure. It's not commonly used. It's, it's harder to find these days. Then rotogravure is a bit of a mixture of all of them. It's kind of like offset in the sense that sheet runs through the press, but it's a lot like flexography and letterpress because it isn't a plate. It's actually an engraved metal cylinder that your image is engraved onto and the ink fills those channels. And then those channels apply the ink directly to the substrate. Now, one of the reasons you would use Roto Reviewer instead of Offset would be on really, really, really long runs. With Offset, your plates are typically good for you know, 100,000, a 200,000 impressions. If you're doing a book, think like the IKEA catalog and you've got millions of impressions of images, plates are going to wear out, and you're going to have to replace plates offset a lot. So they go rotogavure, it's etched into a metal cylinder, and that stays good for a long time. The other part I want to talk about is large format printing. Think your signage, your billboards. Um, There's two ways of doing it. One is a roll media And that's where you have a roll on one side of the machine and it goes through just like your, you know, big Epson proofing printers as a roll of material. Inkjet goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth as the media moves through and prints your image. The other way is a flatbed style where you've got a flatbed of a rigid media where it takes up a whole lot of shop space and that rigid media is slowly fed through the printer. Inkjet back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's uh, probably the most common style of large format print. So those are the, that's the brief introduction to different types of print um, and likely applications of each and where to use them. Moving on. Next, I want to talk about how to find a printer. Number one, Google commercial printer and then your city, wherever you are. Google it. Get some phone numbers, get a list and pick up that phone. Here's what I would do if I'm phoning a printer, and I'm wanting to know what they do, what they specialize in, and what they are not great at. Number one, the first question I ask them, are you a manufacturer? This is really important, because in the world, there is manufacturers, printers, and then there are brokers. Brokers are not manufacturers. They are independent salespeople, independent business owners who... Have a network of printers below them, and based on what you're looking to do, will connect with those printers. A lot of brokers will look for the cheapest price because they mark that price up, add their share to it, and then pass that price along to you. Now, that does not mean that your price is going to be higher than if you went directly with a printer manufacturer. It doesn't mean that. What it does mean is that. If something goes wrong, there's a middleman that can walk away. And I've been in the print industry for nearly 17, 18 years now. And I've seen this happen a lot where a customer deals with a broker, gets a really great price, but then something goes wrong and the broker throws their hands up and says, oh, ah, your, your file or, oh, no, it's the printer's fault. You guys got to sort it out and slowly backs themselves out of the situation. Now, I know that's not the case for all brokers. There's a lot of great brokers out there. But in the event of problems, in the process of learning print, dealing directly with the manufacturer is so important. You can tour the facility, see what's going on there, see what kind of equipment. The learning opportunities there are immense. So in my opinion, I strongly suggest that you avoid brokers. Now, when you go to a broker's website, you won't know. They won't say print brokers. They will say printers, and they will have a massive list of print equipment that they quote-unquote have. Now, they don't have it. They have that available to them in their printer network. But I strongly suggest avoiding brokers. So the first question I always ask when I phone is, are you a manufacturer? If the answer is yes, they're a manufacturer, fantastic ask to speak to the sales department now when you get a hold of that sales department let them know you're a designer in the area you're looking to connect with printers find out who's good at what or who's best at what and uh, what each manufacturer's specialty is you're building a network of printers then ask them what are you great at do you do packaging what do you specialize in what are you not great at Probe, get some information. Don't be afraid to ask questions about it because those questions will tell you right away are they built only for digital printing? Are they an offset printing house? Are they a packaging house? Do they specialize in packaging? Are they only flexo? Do they only do labels? Asking those questions will allow you to start filling in the blanks in your list of who are the offset printers? Who are the digital guys? Who are the flexo guys? Who are the corrugated guys? Now, a lot of printers will sort of do a lot of different things. So you will have commercial printers dabbling in packaging. Now, that's not always the best. It can be okay. It can be fine. They can be great at it. But it's something to just be wary of. The more equipment they have in-house in the category of print that they are saying they're experts in, the better it looks. If a manufacturer tells you that they print packaging, but they don't do any in-house die cutting, that's a red flag. They're not packaging experts that way. So ask questions, don't be afraid to ask questions. The next step after probing and getting that information from them, ask for a facility tour. If they're willing to give you a facility tour, that's awesome. They're even more legit, it's great. I've had many facility tours of commercial printers where on the surface, on the website, on the phone and everything, they look amazing. Sounds great. These guys are a fit. And I go for a facility tour and it's dirty and dark and grungy and just not the kind of environment that as a designer, I would feel comfortable bringing my clients to for a press check when they're spending a whole bunch of money on a print project. So tour them. That way you know what you're getting yourself into when you are directing clients to local printers. You know where you're pointing them. So those are sort of my top questions to ask of a printer. Let's just do a quick little recap here. Question number one, are you a manufacturer? First question, determine if they're the manufacturer or if they're a broker. If it turns out and you find out they're a broker, thanks for your time and walk away. That's my advice. You don't have to, but that's my advice. Question number two, What are you good at? What are your specialties? What are you not good at? Ask those. Question number three, set up a facility tour. Get in there, have a look, see what they got cooking, meet the staff, meet the owners. Is the pressman happy and smiling? That's a good sign. So get out there. Make your list of printers, packaging printers, offset printers, digital printers. They all have their own little niche, their own little specialty. Find out who they are, connect with them, Get in there and have a look. So there you have it. Now you've got your list of printers. You know what they specialize in. You're ready to request a quote. So you've met with the customer. You've got a plan. They want a brochure. You already know what printer that that would be best suited for. Now, what do you need to request a quote from that printer? Here's the information you're going to need to know. How many of these are you going to do? What are they? What kind of paper are you going to use? What colors are you going to use? What is the flat size of this project? What is the folded or assembled size of this project? Are you doing any specialty finishing on this project? How would you like the project boxed? Where would you like the box shipped to? That's sort of the basic quote nutshell. If I have all that information, I can put things together and I can get you a quote. Now, let's break each of those down real quick here. So, obviously, you need to know your quantity. You need to know how many you're going to print. Pick two or three quantities that you would like quoted. Please do not request 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, all the way up to 20,000. Come on now. Ask for 1,000, ask for 10,000, and the rest of the prices will be somewhere in between. Thank you. Description of the product. What are you doing? Is it a brochure? Is it a booklet? How many pages are in the booklet? Is it a folder? If it's a presentation folder or a sales folder, how many pockets do you want in the inside? Do you want one? Do you want two? How big are the pockets? Do you want the pockets to be able to hold a business card? That's the kind of info. Just a brief description of what it is and what you envision in your head. Paper. This is so important. When you're choosing a paper, choose the one that aligns with the brand. This is very important. Now imagine you're picking a paper for a company that specializes and promotes being eco-friendly, low-carbon footprint, they recycle everything and all of that, and you select a high-gloss paper for a direct mail or something like that. That doesn't align. That doesn't align with the brand. When somebody holds a high gloss paper and looks at it, and it's super shiny, that does not scream eco friendly, recyclable, plant trees, low carbon footprint. That just that's not what that screams. A recycled paper with some fleck, you know, maybe it's a paper that is actually one hundred percent post consumer recycled. That aligns more. An uncoated, a natural feeling paper, that aligns better with that brand. So be very careful when you're selecting paper and even lean on a printer to help you determine what might be the best paper for the brand that you're representing. It's important. Colors. If it's four over four, CMYK, happy days. Do you have any Pantones in there? Do you have multiple Pantones in there? Is one of those Pantones a metallic Pantone? Let us know. What is that? Let us know all the colors involved. Let us know what they are, if you know at that stage. All of that information is very useful right up front. The next one we'll dabble in is finishing. If it's a direct mail piece that just gets cut, great. Just cut it. If it's a brochure, how many folds are in this brochure? What's the flat size? What's the finished folded size? If it's a booklet... How many pages in this booklet? What is the flat size? What's the finished folded size? How do you want this booklet bound? Do you want it stapled? Do you want the spine to be sewn? Do you want this perfect bound, you know, with a glued in pages with a hardcover spine? Is that how you want it bound? Let us know how you want the book to be bound. If it's a presentation folder or a business card or anything else that might involve die cutting or some sort of specialty shape, let us know. What's the intricacy of this die cut? What does it look like? Do you have that yet? Can you give us some information? Is it just rounded corners? Do I have some holes cut in this thing? Give me as much details on finishing as you can. Is the book bundled? Do you want the book in bundles of 25? Is your brochure bundled? Do you want bundles of 100 or does it matter? Is it a postcard? Do you need it prepared for a mailhouse in bundles of 200 or something like that? Let us know that information up front. If this project is going to be distributed to a bunch of different areas, multiple locations, let us know up front. I don't need to know the address for all of them but let me know if they're all in the US, or, all of, or are they all in Canada? Are they all over the world? How many of this product is going to each of those warehouses? Let us know that information all up front. It allows us to look at the whole project from start to distribution, and see how we can best help, how we can cut costs, how we can help make an awesome impact of that piece. Now one part I just realized I skipped over briefly is specialty finishing. If this involves an emboss or a deboss, you're going for some texture of a logo or something like that. Let us know. How big is that emboss? How big is that deboss? If you're doing foil, how big is that foil area? Is it a solid? Is it an image? Is it texture that you're foiling? Is it gold foil? Is it silver foil? Or are you going to a specialty colored foil? All of those things weigh into the cost and the planning of that particular project. So to briefly recap, because this is the quickie podcast and I want to keep this to you know, around 30 minutes or so, to request a quote, here's what you need. What are you printing? What are you printing? Booklet, brochure, business card, folder, whatever it is. Tell us about it. Give us the details of it. Second, how many? How many of them are you looking to produce? Next, what colors are involved in producing this? Are there any specialty finishes, foil, stamping, die cutting, embossing, debossing, any of that? Let us know. What paper are you planning on using for this project? Any other finishing details? How do you want the booklet bound? How do you want this finished and prepared to go to the next step? Any shipping details? Anything like that? Let us know that stuff up front. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure I have definitely exceeded the 30 minutes of this quickie podcast, but um, thank you so much for tagging on to this. Uh, I've got three more coming up at you. Next week for our bonus Saturday episode, I'm going to take a deeper dive into paper and color. We're going to get into how to select a paper, understanding how paper can affect perception, you know, and I'll give a few examples of that in why different companies select the paper that they select. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about color and some cool ways that you can use color and some little bits of information you didn't know on best applications of certain colors. Thanks again so much for listening to today's bonus episode. Got another one of these print-related bonus episodes coming to you next Saturday. That'll be Saturday, November 9th. See you then. Thanks.